So, but I love the thing where we get to see it in that universe and they're flopping at each other with their hot dog fingers. And then she opens her mouth and it's just mustard coming out. It's just like, oh my God, this is so weird. I hope that universe doesn't exist because an image of me with hot dog fingers and barfing up mustard, I don't like that image. (laughs) Yes. Because that's too much like what my normal weekend is like. Hello, Mr. Jones. Hello, Mr. Smalley. I do like, you know, even though you're reorganizing things, you've really freshened it up. It's just, I like that I'm not looking at the same things. Sorry that I didn't do the same. <laughs> same background, buddy. What Can I ask you about the, What is that? Is that a, an audio dampening thing you have behind oh, you? Yeah, that was a DI. It's a, just a big plastic tub that I glued the... That was not, that was Iron Man that just fell, by the way. Sorry, um, Tony. <laughs> sorry, Tony. And on top, hey, I I did that poster for one of our uh, shows. Oh, cool. That's your that's your work. Wait, hold it up again. Yeah, that's me. Just a little I did bit that. of a lag. Beautiful. Shepherd's Trail and Look at that. Also, Other Worlds, which was another one. Oh, and nice. the reason I had them mirror each other is is that they're father and son in the two shows. That's uh, so I kind of did. Uh, thank you. But anyway, I put those on top because I don't want to roll them up. I eventually want to frame them. But this was for podcasting, for recording. Mm-hmm. So I glued the dampening foam in there. And it's worked pretty well. Though Jerry is like, that makes it sound too boxy. It's oh, not like I you're see. in a thing. <laughs> is it? Yeah, did I you just, do that during the pandemic when you were recording at home? Yeah, that, yeah. 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 Okay. Um, and over here. Is a is a Gorn, okay, <laughs> pop figure, <laughs> just to complete the Funko uh, Pops. Oh, and I like your shirt too. Thank you. As long I as we're just this entire podcast is going to be us going. What you got there? Oh, that's neat. <laughs> yeah, I actually bought this at uh, of all places the North Texas Irish Festival about six years ago or seven years ago. Yeah, I guess I I don't quite see the you know. The connection, the crossover, but yeah, well, someone doing some cool fan art. Oh yeah, and <laughs> I <Die> never. It's <laughs> pretty cool. It is great. There, there are actually a, a, a huge. There, there's a huge nerd contingent uh, in, in Celtic Irish music. music scene. Yeah, Celtic music in general. They're, I can kind of see they're it. All into manga and cosplay, and it's uh, crazy. Yeah, I, I will not say word one. There's no judgments here because again, <laughs> I'm the guy who just held up a. Funko Pop Gorn. So <laughs> anyway, I've got lots of nerdy things, including, oh, I think I showed you that, my Superman statue of Golden Age Superman. Oh, beautiful. Notice this, where his legs <laughs> broke off and I oh, no. super glued him back together <laughs> in, in travel. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> no, they put out years ago. They put out a like uh, an anniversary special box set of a book by Les Daniels about Superman, like the whole history. Yeah. And in it, they included the statue, which is designed by Alex Ross, but based on classic, you know, Schuster Superman. And this has been with me for so long. Oh, his head also cracked off, and I glued it back on. <laughs> So it's really, it, it looked a lot better a long time ago, but my Man moving steel. here was not so 
comfy. I didn't do that's that. That's gorgeous. Well. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's great. But anyway, so nerd stuff. Maybe this is just where we talk about our nerd stuff. You got nerd mm-hmm. stuff behind you that we were going to talk about. Yeah, I guess. Oh. Should we? Do we want to go into this now? or? Yeah, why not? We, we talk about the movie first. Okay. So this was one of the first things I uncovered when I was moving shit around. All was, your porn? Yeah, essentially. <laughs> the Beatles anthology, yeah. of course, which was a huge deal when it came out. And, you know, obviously I've got this, which disappointingly had all the exact same stuff as on the VHS. Just yeah, on they, didn't, they didn't add anything else. Anything. But this is what I was really happy to find was my rec- my recording of the original broadcast, which wow. you can see I was really excited about because I did go scrapbook work on the oh, wow, you first, did. first edition. I was drawing stupid shit. On the- <laughs> <laughs> Second one is psychedelic. Yeah, moving like, in. Like, stuff I was finding in magazines, I didn't do my artwork on the interior for that one. I and will say this. Oh, yeah. Third, see third. third part. Oh, nice. Nice. <laughs> I did, this one I drew. I'm not sure who that's supposed to be. <laughs> um, Me either. <laughs> uh, it, you tell, I was extremely excited about this when it came out. It was it was a big deal. I was I too. I, don't, I may have recorded it off the TV, but at the same time, I knew that barely 15 minutes would pass before it would be available in a nice box set like that one. Yeah. And I think it came out in that box when I was video buyer for the Virgin Megastore in San Francisco. So ah. I scored that for a sweet discount. I had that exact same box set. And um, and now I've, I'm looking it behind me. This was me. 1996. I had the DVD anthology, but I think it got sold. Okay. In one of my I need money phases. <laughs> so I need to replace it because I loved it. But yeah, that's that is great. I was just as excited. Is yours out of order? Yeah, probably. One, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, six comes before seven. It is so <sighs> annoying. I'm so annoyingly. <laughs> it's so like, great that you noticed that. And, you know, it was just like the word Beatles got cut. And I was like, wait, they sh- the Beatles should all be together. The word. Yeah. Yeah, is, you know, Klaus Warman worked really hard on this. This artwork, didn't he? I got to say, man. I mean, not only is the documentary amazing, but the way all the attention made, including that collage mm-hmm. that he did for the co- unbelievable work. You know what? Just my favorite great. thing is, too. And I, I remember this being that the first night uh, is them playing a, ukulele is uh is george playing ukulele for oh, the whole I love thing? that too that <laughs> yeah there was more of that in the uh when this came out and the, the bonus the bonus uh tape it was uh, the first night the first you know the first part because it was, it was, it was it, yeah when it was originally broadcast kids it came out in three parts <laughs> three three two-hour segments i think this is right. in the before times yeah <laughs> before the empire yeah they did they did it in three parts and it was our. It was like Thanksgiving week. It was like three nights in a row, uh, leading up to Thanksgiving, I think. And the first night they debuted at the end of the episode. They yeah. debuted "Free as a Bird," the first Free new Beatles song we'd heard at that point in twenty. Right? No. How long was a it? million? A million years. It's twenty six years, something like that. Oh, Is stop that right? doing the it? math in your head. <laughs> but I, I, I still love that the video for "Free as a Bird." Oh my god! It's so amazing. It's just. And- Again, say what you will about how well, you know, that translated. I know they they had horrible source material to work with, as in, you know, like warbly old cassette recording of John doing a demo. Mm -hmm. 
but uh, and the technology now i'm sure is even better to where they would be able to clean that up yeah. and, and make it sound good you could use ai to recreate his voice probably absolutely yeah. but but for what they did and of course with our our buddy jeff lynn he is our buddy right he's our friend last yeah i think yeah so. we we're, should get jeff cool, back right? in here yeah. he did a really great job of producing that and it and it isn't like a Beatles song, but it's still them there together as well as it could ever be. Mm-hmm. And Freeze a Bird, same thing. It's like, yeah, I think Freeze a Bird sounds a little better as far as the vocal take they have. I mean, real love. I mean, yeah, yeah. real love. Yeah, real yeah. love. Yeah. But I like Freeze a Bird, the song, better. Yeah, that's what Paul McCartney said, too. And I, I kind of agree with him. It's just a it's a little bit more of a dark kind of a darker tone to it. Not, yeah. not that the song is dark, but it's just kind of earthy. Yeah. Real Love is great, too. And the, the best thing about Real Love, I think, is is uh, George. Both both songs, really, but George's guitar solo in Real Love. I mean, Dude. yeah, Real Love, where it changes keys. Yeah. He goes into the scoring solo. It's so yeah. great. Yeah, uh, he... The chops, the chops never leave yeah. these people. And it's funny hearing hearing the, you know the documentary clips from from the making of these songs, hearing that you you know they they couldn't get away from the same old squabbles that they had because Paul <laughs> Paul admits that he was giving George a hard time about his slide guitar because <laughs> George wanted to do slide guitar and freeze the bird, and Paul's like, I don't know, this doesn't seem like a Beatles thing. That, you, uh, now look, you started doing slide after the Beatles broke up, so and you know, just like. I can play or I cannot play. You tell me. <laughs> yes. I, it does the same thing from Let It Be. Yeah. <laughs> like you tell me, Paul, what you want. I could just go in the corner and read yeah. a book. And you know, you know that George was at that moment. He was like, "Oh God, here we yeah, go again." Here we go God again. Meanwhile, Ringo's, Ringo's <laughs> all right. No, nope, Ringo's just drinking tea. <laughs> yeah, when, when you watch the, uh, of course, you watched the the full peter jackson let it be oh yes which i mean get back just staggering it's a year old now jesus it's been a whole year already uh i would get that on blu-ray too but the thing is is that it is amazing to me how humanized everybody comes across because you spend hours with them Mm -hmm. and it does soften the way everyone came off from the I, i still like let it be but let it be was truncated and they hit high points when you see it as stretched out and some people said peter jackson gave us too much i'm like no no it's just like (laughs) i know shut up but the thing i love about it is it softens all that you realize paul's not a villain you realize that john was not just off in his own you see them laughing together even when it gets tough you also see them kind of all of them ribbing each other the thing that really i I had a point The, the thing that really came home is ringo I mean, he's a band member, but he's the guy who's like showing up kind of like whenever, and he's not involved in all those conversations. Ringo is literally just reading comic books and stuff in yeah. the corner. He's just well, kind of he, like, yeah, he strategically sits out a lot of those arguments because there's yeah. no point in him interjecting. I love there's that one argument. It was, it was an argument that led up to that the dramatic moment between you know, the legendary, I'm, I'll play if you want to play. Yeah. You know. Where they're arguing over the arrangement of the song, and and John is even setting it out, and he starts. The first thing he says is, "All right, girls," like, <laughs> and I love it because you and I both, from being in bands, we know what those arguments are like. Oh yeah, yeah they yeah. happen all the time. There's they nothing really all the time. remarkable about that argument, except that it's so typical of bands. That's the thing is that it. I I'm as guilty of it as anybody else because uh, I've been a Beatles fan my entire life, but but. 
the temptation to, you know, deify these guys. But these guys were just a band. And mm-hmm. they were just guys in a band. Incredibly talented guys. But I really liked spending all that time with them because of the there's boredom in there. And then there's stuff where the thing that staggers is when they do just sit there and they start and you're like, holy shit, that song literally is coming together right before our eyes. Mm-hmm. And it's not just Paul going, then do this, then do this. They're all like just falling into place. You're like, fuck, that's yeah. magic. But yeah. at the same time, two hours before that, I love the bit where it's like, you have George going like, I watched a science fiction program on TV the other night. It was pretty good. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was about these aliens that come. Oh yeah. Should I watch that? Oh yeah. It's, it's all right. <laughs> I mean, it's like, they're just jawing about nothing. It's yeah. like, Oh, I went down to the shops the other day. It's a pair of shoes are quite liked. And then decided, like, no, I'm not going to buy those shoes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like going, make sure that all of this gets written down. Yeah. People will be studying these words for years to come. Yeah, and I and I understand having listened to the the Nagra tape bootlegs for many years because this almost the entire session of this or this entire filming. I, I've was, never listened to that. Oh, there, there's that? hours. He said he called yeah. it from like eighty hours. I forget how much audio he had. To Holy work with. crap! It's over fifty hours of film and even more audio. And uh, that a lot of that has been most of it has been bootlegged for decades. So I've heard a lot of this stuff. So he did get a lot of the best bits. Not all of them. There's still some stuff. There's there's one clip I remember hearing where, where Ringo's talking about the uh, Johnny Cash at Folsom Prison record. It just, just <laughs> came out. He goes, and he's like doing a Johnny Cash impression. And he's got, oh, it's so great. It's so great. Because he was a huge country music fan, of course. Yeah. It's just stuff like little, yeah, exactly. Little de- details like that are so just magical. Uh, yeah. No, I I, um, I loved it. And I loved McCartney 321 uh, or whatever that was called. I will say as a Beatles fan, and I don't know if you're the, uh, there, there's, we only have the two left. And um, I, I was very saddened. And this is actually a few years ago when they did Saturday Night Live, the 40th anniversary special. They had Paul McCartney there because he had, you know, uh, done it, but they also had, uh, Paul Simon who'd done it a million times and they, uh, did a duet of, I think they did wake up little Susie or something. And then they, uh, maybe they did, she was just 17. I mean, I think they did a couple of songs that were real easy, just acoustic. And it was the first time in years because I, again, I deify, Paul McCartney. And I'm sitting there going, it was the first time I finally heard age in his voice. Mm-hmm. Like he wasn't able to hit the notes and the, there was a warble there. And it just made me sad. Like Paul Simon, yeah. Paul Simon's the same. I mean, it's not the instrument it used to be, but I thought that McCartney was going to go all the way to the grave sounding amazing because he has sounded like his younger self for so long. Mm-hmm. that it's right it was like 60s i guess yeah i know i know and yeah. and you know his solo albums though of course i'm sure they get produced uh his solo albums his albums uh right. they must be produced to the nth degree but he sounded pretty great all the way through like the stuff mm-hmm. he did with the fireman that thing i mean it was like wow wow dude yeah you're you know what, 70 whatever and you're still great and th- this is going back a ways now this is like over 20 years but when run devil run came out yeah run devil run and that that was uh you know he was gosh yeah he's about my age he's probably younger than <laughs> I am now but he sounded like a million fucking bucks on that record I know I know Just especially I mean you think, his heart out yeah yeah that title track where he's like 
that? And you're like, holy yeah. crap. Yeah. Take care of your voice, Chad. That's what uh, the point is. Take care of your voice. But it makes me wonder too, like, cause I know he spent a lifelong pot smoker and he did, he did smoke for a long time too. Like everybody in, in that, from that era did, but I don't know how long he quit smoking I cigarettes. Th- but it makes me wonder like, would his lungs have had more hmm. strength at his current age? Had he not been smoking his whole life? I think it, I mean, that's a possibility, it's but a I, logical thing to consider. <laughs> to but I, I also think it is just age. At some point, your control, that's why a lot of singers, mm-hmm. their vibrato, which is very controlled when they're younger, starts the warble comes in where they can't control it. It's just about the muscles can't do it. Yeah. And for instance, I, I'm a huge Elvis Costello fan, also a huge Elvis Costello fan. I don't listen to everything he does because occasionally I'm like, yeah, all right. I'm glad you teamed up with those people for this thing. But uh, he's always had a vibrato, a really great and interesting and unique one. Yeah. But now when he's singing, it's just like, wow. It's like <laughs> he can't pull it back into the note it's supposed to be because it's so uh, gone. Yeah. And I think it is just, unfortunately, our instruments fail us as we get older. Yeah. Um, which is why I pee almost every eight minutes. <laughs> Uh, I got to go right now. (laughs) Yeah, we're doing an old guy podcast. This is great. Let's talk about age. But anyway, um, I mean, it's good that we're being nostalgic because we have to be. And you found your VHS treasures. Yes. Um, (laughs) More where those came from. There's a tiny stack. Like, I only have a few left, and I don't have a VCR. Oh, VHS? Really? Yeah. I've got – and it's mostly things – that I kept because they haven't been released on DVD. I'm like, well, I, you know, I need that actually to surprises this. me, but you've moved around a lot more than I have the yeah. past 20 years. So that makes sense that you would be leaving things behind or getting. Oh yeah. Shit. Yeah. Cause I used yeah. to have, I mean, now it's, it's almost all DVD and Blu-ray. DVD, right, right. Um, but there's this, uh, obscure Anthony Perkins film that I'm a huge champion of called the fool killer from like 1965, 64, black and white weird little movie and it has never had a dvd release so i have that i used to have uh hero at large the john ritter superhero movie yeah you talked about that recently yeah and Briefly I, one of the shows. I still love that movie but i did find someone had it was given a limited dvd release so i was able to get a copy of that and the front page the original version of the front page from 1931 which was remade as His Girl Friday, where they swapped the gender of one of the characters. Great movie, His Girl Friday, but I love the front page, the play. So it was only on VHS for a long time and a really bad, oh, but Kino Lorber, I think it was Kino Lorber, no, or Criterion, they released, they did a release of His Girl Friday, where on one of the bonus discs, they had remastered the 1931, the front page. So you get both movies. You get the great Cary Grant, His Girl Friday, and you get uh, the the Dick Powell, uh, Adolph Manjou front page all cleaned up so pretty. So now I can get rid of at least two of those VHS tapes. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. I, I, don't, I don't think I've seen either of those. Uh, will you, will you, I mean, you need to see His Girl Friday. I think the 1931 front page is, is ju- I mean, it's brilliant because it's, it's early screwball based on the play. And so that's great. And you've seen Hero Large. 
it's been You've, decades, but yeah, I'm sure I saw it when it came out. And, yeah. um, uh, you know, the fool killer, I just, it is post him doing psycho. So it's another role where he's, is he a crazy killer or is he not? And it's set in the U S post civil war. And he may be a folkloric character called the fool killer, or he might just be a sort of PTSD vet of the civil war who is killing people. It, and it's mainly about a young kid who's heard the story of the fool killer. Then he runs into this guy who protects him, Anthony Perkins character uh, when he was running away from home, but he's also kind of um, people are dying around them and they're being chopped with a big ax. Like the fool killer supposedly kills people. It's not a gory film. It really isn't. It's more like a, a strange kids movie, but I love it. It's just weird. The end. <laughs> Brendan's right. movie corner. Cool. Well, nice. Yeah. So do, do you have something to show us or I know nope. you don't have VHS, but do you have any? VHS no. Day? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, I mean, as far as that goes, it, it you've already shown her some stuff. Yeah, I mean, and that is down to that is all I have for VHS. Uh, it's a format mainly I miss because of what you did, which is back when we were kids, it was live TV broadcast, and us. I remember when we got our first VCR, I was like, "This is the keys to the kingdom," mm-hmm. because I can record whatever it is an episode of Miami vice that I might miss because I have to study or I have a test tomorrow. Don't worry. I recorded that shit. I'm watching it tonight. Chunk. I'm going to yeah. watch the commercials that were airing at the same time. Um, <laughs> so the idea that, because Jerry and I talked about this on our podcast is that impermanence is something we grew up with that really kids today, kids today, they don't have to worry about it because so much media is archived. Yeah. And digitized. Right. Which is at once amazing, but also kind of mind numbing. And you know, there's a lot of noise now because of sure. that. But but it is kind of cool. Like we used to think back in the like in the eighties, we used to think, God, wouldn't it be cool? We'd hear rumors about this great archival footage from some show. Uh-huh. Like Robin Hitchcock or something playing, and you'd get and obsessed it, with trying and, to track it down. Yeah, and it was just a pipe dream most of the time. Like I, I'm never going to find that stuff. I'd have to trade with some weird collector somewhere. Or, now everything's on YouTube. Yeah, <laughs> that was a, that was when I first. But YouTube, that's how kind of YouTube for me first started off. Is like because a lot of people started putting up their archival bootlegs right. and shit that right. they had, and they, all of a sudden, oh, there's this huge explosion of material that we just didn't have access to before, and it was just, it was amazing. I remember, I mean, it, for me, it was almost always television shows or movies that I'd heard of that were obscure, mm-hmm. and then I would be on a quest to find a copy, and I remember <clears throat> all these, this is pre-internet, all these mail-order catalogs from places like Something Weird Video or Psychotronic Video. I used to get Psychotronic video guide the magazine too and and it would be ads of people going like uh we've got dubs of this obscure uh argentinian horror flick and i'm like i've heard about it i must have it and sending you know 15 in the mail and then getting it weeks later watching a terrible rip on vhs and you know it's like god i can barely make anything out but at least i've seen it (laughs) um those were the days where it's like and we didn't even have, you know, the internet to like say, does anyone on a message board, has anyone heard of, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Uh, has anyone seen it? Does anyone know where I can get a copy of this thing? 
Say, no, you moron. <laughs> no, you moron. Flame, no flame wars you either. Search, yeah, why don't you search like everybody else? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yes, I also, this is a, you know about archive.org, right? Oh, yeah. 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 I think it was just a few years ago I saw that they had, somebody had remastered, as in cleaned up, uh, the first four hours of MTV. Like its first four hours of broadcast. Mm-hmm. And that was like, I was like, okay, I'm doing it. Yeah. And it was just, it's just for free on there. And I watched all four hours with the mistakes they made because it was live uh, when they launched. And so you're watching the VJs going, uh, I think that was Rod Stewart. And they're like, no, apparently that was Tommy Two-Tone. Sorry, you just watched that. And like, it was like, we're back, we're back. I'm sorry, what? Yeah. We're back. Oh, hey, all right. MTV, <laughs> music, television, and and all the commercials and stuff. I mean, it was pretty great. I, I do get nostalgic for that stuff. And mm-hmm. it is, uh, and I, that's also being older. But I, I, it is strange that kids today live in a time where whatever it is, they can just kind of find it. Yeah. And it's like something on a whim, like, oh, I've never heard of my mother, the car. Oh, yeah. There's my mother, the car. They're watching right. it in two seconds because someone right. put it up on YouTube or something. We are also in an age where HBO Max, because they're getting written off as a tax write off. I, I saw that they have dropped uh, all the Looney Tunes cartoons and they have uh, dropped several seasons of the Flintstones. So those are just not available anymore. Oh. Now, like if you don't own them, there's you won't be able to find them. Does Warner Brothers own Hanna-Barbera? Yeah, they do. They do? Okay. Yeah, on, they, they bought up uh, yeah. Turner Classic Movies. They bought up MGM. They bought up Hanna Barbera. So yeah, technically I'm they sure own they're, they're probably going to remaster and you know restore. Oh all no, that I'm shit. sure yeah. they're they're not yeah. like trying to hide them. They're just like going, <laughs> uh, we're going to make you want them, build yeah. demand. But yeah, that's that whole thing of so much stuff is disappearing off of HBO Max and people going like. I worked on that thing and now no one can watch it. Great. Yeah. You see all these tweets from people going like, that was several years of my life. Fuck you. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. That is the frustrating thing about streaming right now is that things come and go like that. Netflix too. They, they have things for a while and then the studios will take them back. So we never yeah, liked you anyway. They have a contract Screw for a little while. The show. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and shows are, are dropping. Like uh, I saw that 1899, which I liked on Netflix. They're like, didn't get picked mm. up for a second season. Yeah. I saw and that. John responded to that by going, Oh good. I won't even bother starting it. <laughs> like he was, <laughs> yeah. I was interested in watching it, but I'd never started it. And now that I know there won't be a season two. Why bother? I'm like, that's what it's mm. kind of one of the reasons, similar reason why I, I I checked out of Game of Thrones because I never started watching it when it was a big deal. And then the last season came out and everybody was going, this sucks. I'm like, well, I guess well, I would say, uh, granted, I do think that that last season you're like, poof. And even parts of the seventh one leading up to it. But but on the whole, there's still major highs on the way mm-hmm. there. I would say it's still worth watching. But okay. that's me. Yeah. I'm. I'm oh, no, I, wait. That's yeah. me. <laughs> I do have a hard time, harder time with fantasy based stuff, even though I, I mm. was a fan of the Lord of the Rings stuff and the like, but I, I did watch the first, I don't know, the first half of that new Lord of the Rings thing. Uh, the House of Dragons? No, no. The 
Oh, the, the Rings of Power. Sorry, Rings of Power. Yeah, More of the Rings. All yeah. at the same time. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, similar types of shows. And I did. I thought I was amazed at how how well produced mm-hmm. uh, Rings of Power was. But I did eventually start losing interest in it. Right, this we, did talk, is exactly, we talked about it briefly. It, yeah, it, it that's is, exactly yeah. the same reaction I had, which was this looks great and it's very handsome. I got kind of bored. I, I you know, where's Frodo? Yeah. Where's Bilbo? Where's when they're teasing us with that that character? Yeah, again, there's yeah. the guy the stranger who might be the character. Oh, might he be? Yeah, and he, it seems like at the end of the series they're saying, "Well, yeah, yeah of course he is." But uh, it, it, the the long tease, the sort of J.J. Abrams style, long drawn out mystery box tease thing. I'm like, God damn it, come on! As far as I know, that will come back. They spent too much money on that to just abandon it. So I think there will be a, a another season. Yeah. Well, so yeah. maybe they'll listen to critiques and say maybe we should pick up the pace a little bit. Yeah. 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 That'll be nice. Let's jump a few hundred years into the future of the story. <laughs> But I know they also don't have the rights to even call hobbits hobbits, so they're doing the Harfoots, which are relatives of the hobbits, because they can't even say the word hobbit. You're like, wow, legal battles are weird. Yeah, 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 and they don't have the rights to the Cimmerillion either, although they they did mention the Cimmerills in the story. Uh, Uh, Anyway. Don't they have the rights? But yeah, it's just like at at Marvel, they because of Sony, uh, no, Fox had the X-Men, so the MCU couldn't say the word mutant right until they bought Fox. And now they're just saying mutant and you're like, yay. Mm -hmm. Because before that, they're like these powered people, the powers, the super, and like, Oh God, come on. (laughs) And that's why we had an inhumans TV show because it's like, well, I guess we'll make the inhumans are mutants. Right. Right. That, that was not good. That's all I'm going to say. I never saw it. Yeah. I've heard that it was, it was terrible. Which I thought is, the casting was pretty good, and they brought uh, the guy who played Black Bolt on the TV show, Anson Mount. Yeah, Anson Mount was Black Bolt in in uh, Multiverse of Madness. Yeah, in the comics appropriate costume. Mm-hmm. I'm such yeah. a fucking nerd. That was a big moment for me. <laughs> <laughs> it was a really cool thing, but they did in that movie and the uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. Um, yeah. Where they leaned stuff. hard was, into like multiversally going, hey, every version that you like of these characters exists out there. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like you're upset because Doctor Strange doesn't have the big crazy uh, collar on his cape. Don't worry, there's a universe out there where he does have the weird does. things on his cape and a ponytail. Oh um, yeah, and the ponytail. Yeah, that. The, Brief, I, we don't talk about that this episode. We do. We need thing, to. But the, the thing I loved about that movie was that they gave us the conversations that we imagined might happen between those three characters. Like, you say, oh, you know, they're going to talk about Tobey Maguire, Spider-Man, you know, yeah. organic web yeah. shooters. And it's they like, do wait, several you times. Didn't, yeah, you, you didn't know? make a... And he so goes, great. no, no, I'm really yeah. not that much of a scientist. And they're like going, it just comes out of you. <laughs> yeah. And then it, it's all like, okay, my Gwen's dead. My Uncle Ben's dead. And then he's like, Oh, I don't have a Gwen or an Uncle Ben. Mm-hmm. It's like, wow. yeah, it was just, it was such just a lovingly written, written script. Oh, it, was it was so very great, yeah. and the whole thing of 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 all the Pete's just getting along instantly, even though they're yeah. so completely different. And I like the fact that Tobey Maguire's being like a happily married MJ uh, Pete is yeah. like sort of their elder statesman. Like right. oh, things can work out. It's like, yeah, I'm pretty happy. Yeah. I'm like, Oh man, I love that. Yeah. And he just, he, he, 
he almost like he has the, the he's it's you're very very Toby obviously in that his portrayal, but it reminded me of that that character arc that he has in Pleasantville. Oh yeah. Know? Where yeah. he becomes kind of this wise, wiser character towards the end of it, and you kind of get this. He's like, oh, all right, he just rolls I like with the punches. It's like I, I, I get stabbed all the time. time. I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, should we talk about the movie uh, that we were going to talk about? Yes, we should. As long as we're talking out. about multiverses, that's yes. where my brain went. Absolutely. For the See? listeners at home, if you're still with us, because today we've really <laughs> rambled. I hope I hope you're still with us. I I finally caught up, and this is my catching up period, I guess, because I I've been watching some movies that I missed, like Barbarian, thoroughly enjoyed. So movies from the previous year, I finally saw Everywhere, uh, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Dude, it's incredible. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I I was blown away. It is not just like okay probably the best movie of the last year. It's one of the best movies I've ever seen, which mm-hmm. is a big statement for me. I was, uh, it, it just hit me in all the right places. It's so original, so inventive, but still with this very clear emotional through line. So it doesn't matter if people have hot dog fingers, you still have an emotional heft to it. I was making a reference to it as even though, I know this is kind of out there. It was like, it reminded me of two things. It reminded me of Brazil mm-hmm. and it reminded me of Scott Pilgrim and Brazil. It's because both movies are definitely using satire and surreal surreality to tell an actual emotional story. Brazil's happens to be really dark, of course, mm-hmm. Um but it's similar and Scott Pilgrim doesn't really have like the emotional heft, but it is a thing where visually that was Edgar Wright saying, Oh no, every rule can be broken. It doesn't matter because this universe is any rule you want. So it can be just a normal teen rom-com and suddenly people are able to leap 18 feet in the air and then big video game graphics come up. And it's that thing where you're like, Oh, well, if you care about the characters, and I do think in everything, everywhere, all at once, they do a good job of slowly bringing you in, and you're like, okay, I'm just enjoying this family, and oh, things are not so great, and da da da. Now they're being audited, and then it just once, once the note about you know, put your shoes on the other foot and uh, picture yourself in the janitor's <laughs> closet, and you're like, oh my god, it was so brilliant, so brilliant. Yeah. But I- I love that we get not and this 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 is the the geeky one of the geeky aspects of the film that's so much fun for people especially for people our age that we get Kihi Kwan coming back uh on the big screen and I'd heard I'd read for years that he was a martial arts uh expert now and it was like god damn it why isn't he in movies that I've seen and why is he not in the indie movies which we might be coming forward uh, um, they've been hinting at that but uh, he comes on, and he's not only is he back, and it's, he's Gigi Kwan, he's fucking awesome. But he's playing essentially three different versions of the same character. They're basically different characters. At least that three. that actually and is... he's brilliant. Every they're different people, and he yes. plays them all so brilliantly. And it's just great to see him. Like you're back. Yes. Well, I mean, I, it's not that and I was brilliant. worried. I was also. I mean, it's not. I've avoided hype about it. I didn't even know. I I, I actually didn't know that um, that a lot of the side characters 
I didn't know that this person or that person was in it. It's like Jamie Lee Curtis. What? But, but at the same time, uh, and I was very happy to see that James Wong was in it because I'm like, I love that guy. And he's like 93. And I was convinced simply because he's so very old. I was like, was this his last movie? And then John's like, no, man, that guy's still. (laughs) And he is always dependable and he's great in it. But so I'm watching it and I'm loving all that. But it hadn't been spoiled for me. I knew it had to do with the multiverse, and I knew that we would see multiple Michelle Yeohs, and she was going to be doing lots of different characters. Uh, so I knew he was in it, but I was sitting there going, like, the, when it starts off, I'm like, man, he still sounds like a kid. And he's he's being like a, mm-hmm. just this cute little nerdy middle-aged guy. And I'm like, well, that's great. I'm glad he can still do that. And then... Once you start seeing him as other characters, where he's like going, "Listen to me, I'm not the husband you knew," and the, 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 yeah. <laughs> like, "Oh man!" And then it is each one of them, every one of the characters, every one of the main actors gets to do so many great characters. It's like a showcase for all of them. Yeah, mainly Michelle Yeoh who deserves it, yeah. mm-hmm. and I also am reminded of Jackie Brown, even though Pam Greer was much more relegated to obscurity before Quentin Tarantino brought her back and gave her that lead. Michelle Yeoh never disappeared that completely. Michelle Yeoh has been steadily. It's just that she hasn't been given something like that. And Mm -hmm. it's like late career, someone going, you need a showcase because you are amazing. And I need the world to know how amazing you are. Mm -hmm. Um, So it did remind me of that where it's like, look, I don't care that you're 50 or whatever. It's like, you're, this is finally going to give you the appreciation you you richly deserve. So yeah. if Michelle Yeoh wins the Oscar, I think she deserves the hell out of it. Absolutely, yeah. Oh man, I I and of course I cried like a a little person uh in this movie. <laughs> like a little it, person. Like a little a tiny little person. It's just so so well done that you find yourself laughing for a lot of it and then just like also it's dizzying and you're like, ah, and you're trying to wrap your brain around it. So it's got a puzzle aspect, but once it starts getting to the heart of it, where it's a mother daughter story, the whole thing with the, where they're in the universe where they're just rocks. (laughs) And then, and then the mother rock is like, and she's like, yeah. you shouldn't be able to do that. We're both rocks. She's just like, come here, come here. And just, no, no. It's like, yes. let me hug you. And the two rocks, I'm just like, that's so brilliant. And, <laughs> and it becomes this family story. It's like, she learns the, the different way of fighting as in this loving way from her husband and the daughter she's coming to terms with, and the daughter's coming to terms with her mother and, oh God. And the bagel metaphor I it's every aspect of it, writing, directing, the visuals, the acting. It just that movie uh, blew me away, blew me away. Uh, And Stephanie Sue, I don't know if you pronounce her last name, um, who played the daughter. I've liked her in so many things, too. So I was, you know, I I was a big fan of the Marvelous Ms. Maisel R.I.P. It's done now. Great show. And she for at least the last two seasons kept up with that crazy fast comedy patter. And I was like, I like her. And then it's interesting to see her in that where she's a young, she's in her mid twenties as a character. And suddenly in this, she's like a teenager. I'm like, 
oh, you've got that kind of face. You can get away with that for a few more years. <laughs> it's like, you could probably do a high school movie still. No, it just, it blew me away. And I wish I had seen it in the theater. I mean, that's another yeah. thing. It's like, oh, crap. Why yeah. didn't I see this in the theater? And I was I was thinking about this. Uh, we, we talked about Grant Morrison last week. And uh, you called to my attention his his interest in the mystic arts. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, his very... His, I mean, there, sorry. So I keep making that mistake. Um, sorry, Grant. They're really, really yeah, strong the, interest the, in that stuff. The uh, pronouns should be respected, but you got to constantly ride that. Cause you're like, wait, what? Oh yes. Yeah, sorry. They, yeah, I know. Are it's, very it's especially for people our age. It's like yeah. they is usually re- used to refer to somebody when you don't know how many there were or who they are. So it's a little confusing, but Grant talks about, using the, the art of making sigils to, to, uh, to create the reality you mm, want. Mm-hmm. There's a few talks about this and he, there's one really, really amusing talk he gives where he, he admits they admit, God damn it. Right at the mini, beginning of his talk that he's, that they're pissed. That he's, he's drunk. Right. They're drunk. Um, this is really hard. trying to split the front pronouns. The, uh, there, but I also, uh, but Grant's very enthusiastically talking about this, this art of creating sigils. Uh, that they learned from from uh, people like Aleister Crowley, and, uh, sure, you know. But Famous it reminded me, magicians. It reminds me of of what happens in in this movie. Is this goofy stuff of them, you know, fighting over a plunger so they can stick it up their butt before the other person does. And that reminds me, it's like it's like a really crazy version of the sigil, which is sort of the same kind of reality enacting magic <laughs> that Grant talks about, that he's so enthusiastic about, that he, that he really believes in too. They no, no, yeah, that they believe in. But I, I, uh, I, well, at first, the the thing with the butt plug awards that she has behind her on her desk, <laughs> where I'm looking yes. at that, and I'm going, oh, and I, I accept it as a joke because clearly she is this horribly officious person, and she's she's broad and obviously the awards that the IRS would give its employees would be shaped like butt plugs. You're like, Oh, that's good. So I'm just laughing at that as a joke. But then later the idea of all of these nonsensical things you need to do to access various realities, various you uh, use throughout the multiverse. And it's like, um, I have to lick what, you know, it's like that kind of thing. And then the (laughs) idea that these guys are serious alpha universe uh, commandos, but they're like totally aware of like, it's just the job. And the thing is like, Oh, in order to fight her, I must shove that up. my. Yes. (laughs) It just just becomes this thing where you're like going, I didn't see it go going that way. I saw it as just this visual gag. And now it's actually a plot point. In the midst of an insanely choreographed action sequence, <laughs> this fight scene, and you're like, and the whole, again, brilliantly shot, the one where the guy, he's dropped his pants, and then the camera's just up as he's like, ah, in slow motion coming down right. towards yeah. it, and he's like, yeah, and then he's <laughs> then he's up, then he's got his power, and you're like, oh, that is not something I ever thought I would see, but it's- I... Yeah. It is part of that absurdity that you're amazed when you're watching that. Mm-hmm. How does this get back to something serious? How do you actually feel? How can you feel when you're watching something that ludicrous? And then you're like, it's just that well done. 
that you can be laughing at something where the guy is fighting with a butt plug sticking out of his ass <laughs> one second, and then you're just weeping the next. It just, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I haven't had that experience watching a movie in a long time. Yeah, I want to see like it again. Last night, I, another one that I caught up on last night, I watched Confess Fletch, which appeared and disappeared from the theaters like that. John Hamm playing Fletch. The same Fletch that Chevy yeah. Chase played? Yeah, really? based on the based on the the novels by Gregory McDonald. Oh, okay. So he's like Fletch existed uh before the Chevy Chase movies, and the Chevy Chase movies oh, are yeah. uh, the first one's actually fairly close because they are comedic ish uh mysteries uh with this investigative reporter guy. So my brother used to love the Fletch novels. He had them all and the Flynn which is a spinoff series, Flynn novels, Gregory McDonald stuff. But so John Hamm wanted to bring the character back and it's a good, I mean, it's not, it's not glass onion. It's not Benoit Blanc, but it was solid. And to see John Hamm play very against type of like, he's the schlubby, still incredibly handsome because he's John Hamm, but schlubby, not quite detective kind of reporter guy who's, kind of brilliant and is always funny and weird was great. And I'm like, man, we'll probably never get another one of those because it made no dent in the box office. I never heard of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's on streaming and it's on uh, showtime and I'm sitting there going, you deserved better confess Fletch. And I'm glad I watched it. This is the time of year. I don't know if you're the same. Well, I, I, or at least I have not been going to the theater as much. I go for the Marvel movies. Yeah. But as far as going to actual cinemas, there's paranoia about health. There's also the expense. And I'm not living like, uh, you know, a very rich dude these days. So I'm like, all right, I'll just catch things on streaming. And this is part of me like going like, ooh, that was good. What's next? Ooh, oh, I mm-hmm. watched Bullet Train. Oh, I enjoyed that. That was quite fun. What's mm-hmm. next? That's what I'm doing <laughs> these days. Using that yeah. voice. Yeah, <laughs> of course. I, yeah. I'd say avoid Morbius. That, yeah, I have no plans to see that. But there's tons. Uh, of, I Matt have more Smith things on my list now. I want to see this Fletch thing you're talking about. Confess Fletch is quite entertaining. Uh, I will say Matt Smith is the best thing in Morbius, but it's just because he's having fun being a bad guy, and he's yeah. pretty great. He's um, great in everything he does. He's great in everything he does. Um, well, there you go. That's it. I've wrapped <laughs> up the years of movies. <laughs> and I do hope that everyone out there sees everything everywhere all at once. And I hope it wins multiple Oscars. I do love the fact that when they go to the world that is where she's the successful uh, martial arts movie star, that they use actual footage from like old press junkets she had done years ago. And it's like, oh, Tiger. Yeah. 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 And it's like, oh, that's really her. Yeah. And she's walking in front of posters. Yeah. From her other movies. You're like, oh, great. Yeah. That that was it was that in that universe where where Gigi Kwan got to play yet another version of his character that was different from their previous two. Yeah. And he was sort of the disaffected, depressed you know, yeah, he's successful, like, but he's depressed because he didn't have her. Right. You know? he, he knows that there was a missing piece and yeah. he's just sort of like, well, I'm serious businessman. It's like, it was really good seeing you. And mm-hmm. she's like, wait, wait. And the whole thing about, I just want you to know that I would have been happy just working in a laundry with you and mm-hmm. doing taxes with you. And I'm like, stop it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. This, this and wonderful... I wasn't even crying. I was just doing this to my <laughs> cheek. I don't know why. It's just a no, tick. Happy. <laughs> what? What? 
what has this movie done to me? It was really <laughs> awkward shit. when I went to, <laughs> to the grocery store. I'm like, no, I just watched everything everywhere all at once. I don't know what this is. I don't know what this is. The 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 wonderfulness of them, you know, stressing the importance of communication and love between family members being being at the heart of the whole thing, but also this this uh, appreciate what you have kind of message, but also this you can do anything you put your mind to kind of message too. Like yeah. you know, the, the world is your oyster. You know, stop telling yourself you can't do things because so and so and this and that. All of this and this is beautiful. Yeah, you know, <laughs> bagel. It's going to say it's going to say nutshell, bagel. but yeah, it did. You know, and the, the fact that they go with those weird, you know, this would be wacky if they did this. Well, let's do it. You know, with the, the scene with the rocks and the whole the bagel being realized and the butt plugs and just everything it was like, screw it. If you think if we think of it, it's going in the movie. And there's these great quotes too that are complete non sequiturs. That I mean, uh, and Michelle Yeoh delivers them so sincerely that that's why it works. But the thing like it's towards the end when she's coming to all these realizations and she goes, even in a world where you have hot dog fingers, you use to learn your feet. You you learn to use your feet. And I'm like going, or you use your feet really well. Cause the whole thing of like playing the piano with the feet. Yes. And I'm just like going, that is a sentence that has never existed before. And it's one of the most beautiful things, even in a world where you have hot dog fingers. And don't, don't they allude to it before they actually show it? It's like mentioned as a thing. And then we actually go to that universe. Yes. Yeah. And we, not only do we go to it, we go to it multiple times. Yes. It plays a big part in the story. I love the fact that because like they're watching that romantic movie that has like the musical number and the dance in it. And I was like, why aren't they using like a real one? You know, like why aren't they using? And then I, it was, wasn't until later I realized, oh, they shot their own supposed musical film because we'll see it in the universe with the hot dog fingers again. And the beautiful princess is dancing around who, by the way, very talented actress who is in uh, glow. Uh, and also was just in um, uh, spirited that uh, Christmas movie that Ryan Reynolds and Will Ferrell did. She's very funny. She's very cute and she can dance. So, but I love the thing where we get to see it in that universe and they're flopping at each other with their hot dog fingers. And then she opens her mouth and it's just mustard coming out. It's just like, Oh my God, this is so weird. Yes. I hope that universe doesn't exist. Cause an image of me with hot dog fingers in another universe and barfing up mustard. I don't like that image <laughs> Yes, because that's too much yeah. like what my normal weekend is like. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me think too of that scene. Uh, and multiverse of madness where they, they briefly pass through all, you know, going through all these universes at once. And there's one that looks like it's all paint. <laughs> and then they, they do have Dr. Strange referring back to, do we just go? Through the universe? Yeah. I love that. They actually mention it, you know? Yeah. Well, they, they also, you know, they, they go through like a, uh, an animated cartoon universe. And of yeah. course that kind of stuff. I'm just like, yay. Yeah. 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 Oh man. Uh no, I I absolutely love the hell out of that movie. And I guess now, as far as my year end wrap up, I guess I have to watch uh the Marmaduke movie. I didn't see that. Um <laughs> <laughs> There were a bunch of movies that came out this year I think I can skip. Yeah. I've seen a few in the theater. I mean, obviously I saw the Marvel stuff just like you said. I saw Black Adam and I saw the uh, the Bowie thing, uh Moody and Daydream. Man, I'm so sorry I missed that on IMAX. Yeah. And it was, I think I told you when I saw it, it was depressing. Just, I mean, the movie was amazing and I, I really wanted to go see it again. You're um, depressing. 
That's right. I said it. <laughs> well, there was no, it was depressing because there was nobody else. I was the only, literally the only person in the theater. What? Yeah. For a, for a Bowie what? documentary that, that would have blown our minds. Was it the first, it was, was it towards the end of its run? Probably. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. But, and it was a Sunday night or something like that. I don't still, like thinking of that movie playing to one person, even though it's a person that was going to thoroughly enjoy it like you, but geez, just weird that how things have changed now, because if, you know, if that could come out in 1985 or six or something, people would have been lying. They would have been lined up around the block for days. You know, I, I really miss that too. Like it, it's, it's definitely more convenient now, not having to wait in lines, yeah. but I, I have such fond memories of like going to see movies at the Galleria you know, the, the, the theater that was down on the bottom floor where the ice rink was. Yep. And when there was a really big release, people would be lined all the way down around the ice rink, you know, yep. just waiting to buy tickets. Um, I think Galleria is where I saw Batman 89 um, mm-hmm. uh, opening night. And of course, I remember the excitement and huge line. But I remember also judging, maybe not even quietly judging, maybe loudly judging all the idiots in costumes. I mean, the thing is, I, no, I, I am a nerd, but I've never gone to that level and I should not judge. I know, but I've never gone to a cosplay level simply because I'm just, I look at myself, I'm like going, I'm, I'm not Superman or Batman. I, I couldn't even pull out the Joker. So why are these people doing this? Mm. Do you think people are going to see this new avatar movie in blue paint? I'm sure they are. I'm sure, sure you're not are. wearing a shirt, but they don't wear shirts on Pandora. I'm a Navi. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm not going to go see that, by the way. You're not? Sorry. No, I'm not. You're not because are you boycotting Cameron or I kind of am. I'm sick yeah. of that guy's ego, weirdly enough. And I, as I've said before, I liked the first Avatar, but I didn't love it. So therefore, I'm just like, I'm not. I didn't ask for a sequel the day after the first movie came out. <laughs> And I'm not asking for a sequel 13 years after that movie came out. So yeah. even though it's making crazy records, I also didn't see Top Gun Maverick because yeah, I'm not. A, I mean, the first Top Gun didn't do much for me. I'm happy people are loving it. But I'm like, again, I don't want to go back to the danger zone. I don't. <laughs> I made yeah, that perfectly I, clear. I would like to. I'll probably watch it as soon as if it's on. If it, I can. Oh, it's streaming right now. Yet. Is it? It's, okay. Yeah. I, 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 when I was uh, wandering through and going, I need to watch some of the movies from last year. Uh, I saw that it is on, uh, I think Paramount plus maybe. Okay. Yeah, one yeah. thing I want to see that I have not seen yet. Uh, the Fablemans on Spielberg. Oh, I want to see the Fablemans. Yes. Uh, indeed. I've heard really good things about that. Yeah. I still haven't seen Lightyear. I saw that. Uh, I haven't seen Elvis. I saw that. I haven't seen Marcel the shell with shoes on. I have not seen that. Why do you hate things that are full of love? <laughs> oh, speaking of which, Jenny Slate was great in her little bit in uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once. Who did she play? Um, she was Big Nose customer, the the lady with the dog. She's hilarious and a very good actress, and she's the voice of Marcel the shell with shoes on. Oh, okay. Um, she sounds... And when she's doing it, she sounds exactly like a little child, like a little boy, boy child. I'm like, that is amazing that you, a grown woman, sounds like that. But uh, I love that bit in the movie where she's using the dog as her weapon. <laughs> and she's like, 
swirling oh, around yeah. like it's a bolo and then like launching the dog and then going, sorry. <laughs> oh man, it was great. Yeah. I, I've, I've already forgotten a lot of that stuff. I need Don't to... forget. Never forget. It's only on Showtime right now, right? Is that, is that the thing? Yeah. I signed up for the trial. <laughs> I think that's I how like, I saw it too. Yeah. I, I was trying to remember, how did I see it? <laughs> Cause I can't watch it now. How, it must... how is it? Where am I? Hello? <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like that. <laughs> is it time for lunch? Yes. Who's bringing me my fruit cup? <laughs> Hello. Hello. That was that that routine. Who, who did you get that from? Oh, uh, Jeff Walton. Hello. Uh, shout out to Jeff Walton, who I'm still friends with on Facebook and is still a very funny guy. Was Jeff it, Walton, formerly of the Judys. Not the show. <laughs> yeah. It was like, uh, here you go, Mrs. Reynolds. Uh, or, this is your, your new remote control for your TV. Start the show. <laughs> Is that, I'm I'm going to go see my new friend down the hall. Um, she's dead, ma'am. Oh, <laughs> he would just do this amazing old lady voice, and those bits used to kill me. Um, was that, who was the guy? There was another person that you worked with who, that you did his routine of talking to a, a well, plant. I just I just steal routines. Yeah. I think is what uh, that was. The, big skinny brown. Guy? That, that was okay. Big Skinny Brown. Yeah. Big Skinny Brown, local Houston actor, very funny. And I was the stage manager at Stages, Repertory Theater. And so he was in a play, like a Thornton Wilder play or something. And and uh, when he's waiting in the lobby before he goes on, he's in costume. He would just do this act as a drunk guy. <laughs> and he'd walk up to, like, the plastic plants in the lobby. And he would be talking to them like, he's a... Eh. It's okay. It's okay. And it would just kill me. And he was doing that because he also knew he was trying to make me break. So if I laughed, it's, you know, people inside the theater would hear it. So he's trying to make me laugh. And I was like, "Mm -mm, you're not going to get me. Because before I was, but it is okay. <laughs> just having a that, very serious conversation with a plant. Oh man, that killed me. That 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 routine. It's only relayed to to me from you having seen yeah. him do it. It stuck with me all these years. I, I find it's myself like, it's saying like that my to brother, myself. A my lot. brother will do bits that because of course my brother knew so many stand up comics in L A. and I got to know several of them. But they all absorb each other's senses of humor. And Robin will do somebody's bit. And I will not have heard that person do it, but I hear Robin do it. And then it's like, good Lord. And I'm just dying. <laughs> but my, yeah. my admiration is through my brother interpreting it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's what happens. But um, I'm glad that big skinny Brown's drunk guy has stayed with you all these years. <laughs> and that Jeff Walton's old lady has stayed with you all these years. And yep. I am doing the right thing. Always credit. Always yes, credit. Always credit. That's right. If it's a me joke. I will probably own it, but I, you know, I've heard so many great bits from yeah. other people. Yeah. You, um, I do a Chad bit that, uh, still kills, uh, something that you used to do. And I do it still to this day is me going, can I get some more coffee? Fucking <laughs> love that bit. Oh my God. I do that at diners and it always gets a big laugh. And then I go, that was Chad. Chad was always the guy who asked for more coffee. Yeah. <laughs> I got excited there for a second. No, I know, I know. Um, <laughs> I, I, I actually usually because I'm 
on a lot around my friends or it just that I do have people come up to me years later and say, remember that thing with the, 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 the? I mean, Jerry still goes, I still remember when you, and I was like, oh, I have no idea what you're talking about, man. I have, I have a huge catalog of, of moments from the early nineties with the three of us hanging out. So this one <laughs> that they like, because you, you, we were hanging out pretty much several times a week. So yeah. We were all like 20, Two, 23 years old we had nothing to and do and there was an all-night diner that we went to all the that time everybody went to yeah yeah so i would come pick you up and we got this got to be such routine that we wouldn't even say hi to each other when you get in the car and you would have <laughs> you, you would have some one-liner you'd say instead that was your way of saying hi and for a long time you get in the car and you just you wouldn't say anything you just go no <laughs> and i'd well, nod at you and we drive what? off fart fart humor universal yeah. But and it would it would it evolved over time to eventually it became nope 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 nope. <laughs> I'm only laughing because that's such a stupid twenty guy twenty year old guy thing to do. It was really like we a lot of the humor that you and I did just even now was if because I knew if if we had known each other like in the eighth or ninth grade we oh. would have, we would have been best friends. Yeah. Um, and that's exactly the kind of jokes we would have been doing. <laughs> yeah. And sadly, these are the kinds of jokes we'll probably be doing at each other's wakes. Whoever goes first, you'll be up there. Like, I still remember Brendan doing. Oh. <laughs> and then everyone goes, yeah, that sounds like Brendan. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to miss that guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, On that geez. note. I think I think that's a good place to wrap this one up. Yeah, I, I will say this, listeners. This was a change up. We didn't talk about James Gunn once. I did show off a Superman statue, but there was very little talk about the Man of Steel. You're gonna get stuff from me and Chad that's just like this. Yeah, and I bet this gets the fewest views of any <laughs> right. of our episodes. Right. This right. is where they talk about Beatles, VHS tapes, and farts. <laughs> oh and a really excellent movie from 2022 but yeah uh yeah. i don't care who listens this is the reason we do it i get to talk to you buddy it's uh yeah. it's always fun I so so screw you listeners <laughs> <laughs> i didn't mean that i didn't mean that There's, i have love 2023 happy new year yes <laughs> <laughs>